The New Testament reading today is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Wayne. You know, when my family, when we came to the United States, we came in 1979, and when the majority of my family, we, when we arrived, we arrived in San Jose, California. And so we lived there for a few years. My family, we lived there from 79 until 82, and my uncle was also there at that time. My uncle actually came to the United States a few months before we did. But fortunately for my uncle, he was able to find some housing. Of course, at that time, you know, being, uh, new, being refugees, we're very, very poor. But my uncle and his family, they were able to find housing. And so they were able to stay in San Jose. But my, fa my, my father and, you know, and our family, we, we weren't able to find housing. And so the prices at that time, you know, the home prices at that time, it was getting more and more expensive. And so we decided to move to Sacramento. And so in about 1982 or so, we moved to Sacramento. But, you know, when I was thinking about this story this week, to, about sharing this story with us, and I told my wife this, I, I told her that, you know what, I've, I've ne I never remember, you know, riding in the car with my father on the freeway, ever. And then I kind of thought about that for a while, and, and it's true, I never did. And the reason for that is that because my father, he never liked to drive on the freeway. He never did. When we were living in Sacramento back in 1980. From 82 until about 87 or so. Yeah, we, we lived in North Sacramento, and the church at that time that we, were, we, were, that we joined, the Christian Missionary Alliance Church at that time that we joined, was all the way in Rancho Cordova. And so it would have been much easier for us to just take the freeway there, right? <laughs> but my father would never, never take the freeway there. And so he would always just take these, you know, the back roads to get there. And, you know, every single week, I remember every single Sunday, I used to hate that car ride, because it, it, it took almost an hour from where we were living, you know, to get to church. And, you know, especially during the summertime when it's very hot, and my father would, would refuse to turn on the AC, and he'd say, just roll down the window, right? Just roll down the window. And I, I remember that ride, and it was terrible. It was a terrible, uh, you know, <laughs> ride going to church. And so I, I didn't like going to church at that time, all because of that ride from our house to Rancho Cordova. But one of the things about that, too, is that being that my father never liked to drive on the freeway, when we moved to San Jose, we never went back to visit my uncle and them. And so I never saw their house. And I didn't see the house for, you know, almost 10 years. And I was always wondering how their house looked like. And, you know, my uncle, my uncle, he's, you know, he's older than my father, but he, he would always drive, you know, to visit us. He'll come probably, you know, two, three times a year to visit us in Sacramento at that time. But my father, man, he, he would just refuse to drive on the freeway. And so we would never go to, to San Jose to visit them. And I just always kept wondering, you know, how does my cousin's house look like, right? I see pictures and things like that, and it's a big, nice house, and I always want to go there. And it wasn't until I was about 12, 13 years old when my father finally trusted me enough to allow me to go stay at my uncle's house for about two weeks. And so that was during Christmas time. That was during Christmas time, you know, Christmas break. That time was like in seventh and eighth grade. And we, we had Christmas vacation, so we had a two-week Christmas vacation. But, you know, the thing about that is that even, even though my father allowed me to go stay at my uncle's house, 
My father refused to drive me there, too. And so, so my uncle had to come all the way from San Jose to our house, pick me up, and drive me all the way back to San Jose. And then when, when it was time to come home, my uncle had to drive me all the way back home, right? And so my uncle, but my uncle was willing to do that because he, you know, he wanted to take me to his house. But during Christmas, during Christmas is always the time in which we also have Hmong New Year in Fresno. And so when I arrived at the house, when I arrived at the house, my uncle and my aunt decided that they were going to go to the Hmong New Year for a whole week. And, and uh, my, my, um, my cousins who, who were girls, we, I only had two cousins who were girls at that time. So they took the girls with them, and they left all the boys in the, in the home, in the house. And so we, we stayed in the house with, with my cousin, my other cousin, who was, at that time was the oldest. He was about 17 years old at that time. And so we stayed in the house. After the first day, we realized that there's nothing to eat. <laughs> you know, after the first day, we realized that, you know what? Now Auntie is gone. What are we going to eat? And so my oldest cousin... He came up with a bright idea, and he decided that let's walk over to 7-Eleven, because there's a 7-Eleven down the street. And so let's walk over there, and let's buy a bag of chocolate candy bars, right? And so that's what we did. So we walked over to 7-Eleven, and we bought this whole bag of chocolate candy bar, and we took that bag home, and for that whole week, we were too lazy to cook, so all we ate was just out of that chocolate bag of chocolate, you know, that, that bag of chocolate bars, and that's all we ate for that whole week. And you know, you know my, my aunt and my uncle has passed since then. My aunt passed in, two, in the year 2000. And so every time I go to the store, I see those big old bag of chocolate bars that always reminds me of my aunt. <laughs> but you know, that's all we ate for that whole week. And, and so it brings me to the realization, brings us to the realization how important it is to have women in our lives. How important it is to have a mother figure in our lives. And I always tell my kids that, um, I mean, most of you guys know, know what fur is now because we have this fur fundraiser. Uh, but I always tell my kids that, you know, when, when mom is home, we get to eat fur. But when mom is not home, we, eat, we get to eat ramen noodle, right? <laughs> so I mean, that's all we eat. You know, when it's just dad, it's just ramen noodle. That's all we eat. But when mom is home, she makes fur for you. And, and they realize that. And that's how precious it is. That's how precious it is. And that's, that's uh, how great it is to have um, our mothers with us. And the Word of God teaches us here that we are to honor them, that we are to honor the women in our lives, that we are to reward them for the things that they have done for us, especially as children. And today, as, so as we honor our women, as we honor our mothers, we also want to think about those mothers of the past, our mothers of the past who have, who have passed on into glory. We want to remember them today, keep, them, keep the memories of them in our hearts today. We also want to remember the mothers today, the mothers who are raising children today. You know, they're, they're continuously just you know, sacrificing themselves for their children. We also want to, th- we also want to think about the, the mothers who are expecting, the mothers of the future, and how important this, this role of motherhood is just to all of us, to our, all of our communities, and how, how, how blessed it is that it is a a tremendous blessing from God to, give, to provide us with these women who are filled with love, these women who are filled with grace, these women who are just filled, filled with wisdom in our lives as they, as they help us, as men, as they help us raise our, family, our children together. 
And they're just, just a tremendous blessing in our lives. And one of the reasons, why do we need to honor our mothers? And one of the reasons why we need to, especially as children, one of the reasons why we need to honor our mothers is because there is no more relationship that is as intimate as the relationship between a child and a mother. There is no relationship as intimate as that. We see in the Word of God that it teaches us that when we become married, that the two become one flesh. But oftentimes when we talk about that, we're talking about a spiritual union of the men, of the man and the woman. But when we talk about the child and the mother, they truly, truly are one flesh. For the first nine months of a child's life, they share their mother's body with them. And there is no relationship. There is no relationship that is as intimate as this. And this is the reason why we, why we as children, this is why we have to honor our mothers. We have to remember them and the sacrifices and the things that they have given to us. In the Word of God, in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God's word to the prophet Jeremiah. And then in Psalms chapter 139, verse 13 through verse 16, it says, You formed my inward part. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret. You've woven me in the depths of the earth, and your eyes saw my unformed substance. And it is in that time when we are in our mother's womb, in that most intimate place with our, with our mother, that God is working through his wisdom to knit us together, to form us together. And everything that he has for us, everything that he has called us to, to be, it's already planned. He's already planned it for us. And it is in that moment, it is in that moment that the wisdom of God, that the power of God, the creation, the power of God is creating us, informing us to become who we are today. And so there is no greater, there is no greater intimate relationship than that, that of a child and his mother, of being one flesh that is truly and physically one flesh, and everything that the mother eats at that time, I always have to think about you as the child. I know my, they, they, they had to put my wife on a diet when my wife was having Eli. And that's one of some of the sacrifices that mothers have to make during pregnancy to ensure that the child is healthy. I know that we have a lot of young mothers here in our church who are constantly having to go to the doctor every month or so, and some of them every other week or so, just to check up on the, on the child. And, I, and you know, that's... As a man, I, I, I would hate that because I hate sitting in the doctor's office. You know, I have nothing, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to, worse for me than just to sit in the doctor's office and wait for an hour after your schedule time to finally see the doctor, you know. It's, it's always, for some reason, they always wait for like an hour before they call you. I, I don't know why, right? You know, back, back when I was still a kid, my parents didn't speak English, so I had to go with my parents to interpret for them, and we always just had to sit in that doctor's office, and so uh, I, I'm kind of traumatized by then <laughs> because of my childhood, just waiting in that office, in that doctor's office with my parents. For some reason, it just always takes forever, but yet the mothers are willing to go through all of this. 
They're willing to sacrifice their time. They're willing to sacrifice their diet. They're willing to sacrifice so much to keep us healthy as children. And so why must we honor them? It's because there is no greater relationship. There is no, more, no relationship that is more intimate than the relationship that we have with our mothers. You know, we, we've never, we never physically shared a body with our father, but we, we shared for the first nine months of our lives, we shared the same body with our mothers. And not only that, the reason why we are to honor our mothers, because they suffer through the pain of labor to give us life. You know, as men, we often think that we are the one that, you know, we, we can withstand pain, right? We, we think that. But, you know, when you watch a woman give birth, I mean, that's one of the most, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I'm someone who, a lot of times I like to joke around with my wife. And so I remember when we were having our child, and she was there, she was giving labor, and she was, you know, she was screaming and in pain. And I was trying to joke with her, and I was trying to make jokes around with her, and she yelled at me, that's not funny, Right? That's not funny. I don't want to hear that anymore, right? But it's one of the most painful things that a human being can experience. And I, I think about myself as a man, and, and, and I keep thinking that, you know what? If I was born as a woman in this life, if I was born as a woman, I would probably never get married. I would probably never date a guy. I probably would never have a child because, I mean, that's, I, I see, that's just so, something that's so painful, and yet, our women, our women have been blessed with such big hearts, such big hearts, that they're willing to go through that, to, to provide life for us. And so we need to think about that. And that is the perfect representation of God's love for us. Because it is through the pain and the suffering of the Son of Jesus Christ that gave us life. It is also through the pain and the suffering of our mothers. That we're, able, that, that, that we're given life. And so that is a perfect representation of God's love for us. Our mother in our life, she perfectly resembles that to us. If we just look to our mother and pay attention to the things that she's given for us, we'll realize how much God also loves us. And our mothers are always the one who cares, cares for us. You know, even the moment we're born all the way up to the moment that we, don't, we no longer want to hang out with our parents, right? You know, for some of us that's 12, 13 years old, we don't want to hang out with our parents anymore. For Eli that's five years old, he don't want to hang out with us anymore, right? So it depends. But, you know, they care for us. They care for us all the way up to the point that we can finally care for ourselves. And even sometimes when we don't want to, you know, we, when we're embarrassed and we don't want to be seen around our parents, I know as a teenager sometimes, my, my father was a very short guy. I mean, he, he is a very short guy. Not he was, but he is a very short guy. You guys have seen my father, right? He's a very short guy. And so, so when I was in um, high school, I, you know, I was kind of embarrassed to be seen around my father because he's short. He's very short. And so um, you know, most, of, um, most of my friends are all taller than my father. But you know, and sometimes that's how we feel as children. That sometimes we're, we're embarrassed of our parents, but they're never embarrassed of us. They're never embarrassed of us. They're never embarrassed, and they're always there for us. They always provide for us, you know, at, at a time in which we're helpless. helpless. When we're a child and, and we can't feed ourselves, they provide the milk for us. They provide the food for us. They provide the meals for us. They provide the clothing for us. And we see the, uh, there, there's a saying that um, one mother can care for ten children, but ten children can't care for one mother. And a lot of times that's true. 
because as, as a mother, they're willing to sacrifice so much for us. And many times when we look at our mothers and, and you know, they, they don't have the nice clothing that we have, they don't have the, the nice food that we eat, you know, it's all because they've sacrificed all of it for us. It's all because of that. They've sacrificed all of it for us. Many times I see many mothers and they just come behind their children and they'll eat after their children, the, the, the leftovers from their children, and yet they're willing to do that to, to give us the good piece of the meal. And those are sacrifices that our mothers often make for us that we have to think about and shows us that this is the reason why we need to honor them. This is the reason why we need to pay them respect for what they have done for us, all the sacrifices that they have made for us. Our mothers are the ones who care for us when we're sick, when we're ill. They're the ones that goes out and, you know, um, provide the medication for us, buy the medication for us. You know, our, our, our youngest he has, um, he has allergies, and so my, my wife has to carry all these allergy pills with her all the time because you never know when it's going to act up. And we've been fortunate enough over the years that it has never acted up while we're away from home. But yet the mothers are the ones that are always caring about that. They're always thinking about that. They're, they're always watching out for us, making sure that we're healthy at all times, making sure that we have the proper care for us at all times. And these are things that we, these are reasons why we have to honor them for what they are doing for us, the sacrifices that they have made for us. And not only that, but our mothers, they cherish every single minute, every single moment that they spend with us. You know, it says in um, Luke chapter 2, verse 19 about Mary, the mother of Jesus, it said, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. This was after Jesus, uh, Mary gave birth to Jesus Christ. And yet she kept all those memories and she treasured all those memories in her heart. And you know what? As a father, sometimes I forget the birthdays of my kids, but I, I notice my wife, she never forgets. For some reason, women are better with dates than guys are. We forget, but my wife, she, she remembers every single birthday for my, my kids. She remembers every single important date for my kids. The other day, I forgot that Eli was coming home early, so I left him at school for an hour. Yet my wife is the one that remembered that. She's the one that called me, you know, you got to go pick up Eli. And these things are things that our mothers are willing to do for us. These things are things that our mothers are willing to remember for us because they just love us so much. And not only that, but they are the ones that are so proud of us. Our mothers are so proud of, of us at, all the time. No matter where we may be at in our lives, our mothers are always very proud of us. I used to hate it when my mom used to go around town bragging about me to everybody. I used to hate it. <laughs> but she used to do that a lot. My mother, my mom, she would go around town, and if I do something good at school, I get an A or something like that at school, she will go around telling all her friends, telling everybody, that, oh, my son, he's so good at school. You know, he's, he's doing well in school. Or he's playing music at church. I'm so happy for my son. And she would brag about me. And, that was, you know, that's a, as a child, that was an embarrassing thing. But as I grew up, I realized why she did that, because she's just so proud. She's just so proud of me as her child. And we see that Jesus' mother also did that in John chapter, one, verse, uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 4. It says that on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. And when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. And Jesus said, Woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. 
You see, Jesus' mother, realizing that there was no more wine and realizing that his son has this power, this unique power to do something about that, she wanted to show off her son to everybody. See, she wanted to show off Jesus Christ to everybody. Just like how we as mothers nowadays, we want to show off our kids to everybody. And Jesus says, Mom, this word woman here, and, and when we talk about it in English, it kind of sounds you know, improper, but you know, in, in the Hebrew um, culture, it's actually something that's very proper for them. And so when, she says, when he says woman or, or mother, why do you involve me? He's simply saying, why, why are you doing this? You're embarrassing me, right? <laughs> You're embarrassing me in front of all these people. It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. But yet our mothers are always so proud of us. They're always so proud of us that they're willing to brag about us. Even when it embarrasses us, they're willing to do that. And so how do we honor our mothers? We honor them by doing good. By doing good. You know, being someone that grew up in the 90s in the ghetto, um, in a very poor community, watching many of my friends getting involved in gangs and getting involved in drugs, and many of them being killed uh, because of this, because they were involved in gangs and drugs, and many of them were thrown in prison because of this, and watching their mothers weep over this was, is one of the most uh, painful things that you can ever watch. And so as a child, how do we honor them? It's by doing good. Not getting ourselves involved in things that will, that will worry them, not, not getting ourselves involved in things that will cause them pain, will cause them stress, will cause them suffering. And so that's what we want to do. The Word of God says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, you know what, let us not grow weary of doing good. And so we honor them by doing good, by doing good. We also honor them by respecting their authority, by valuing who they are. God has given them a certain authority in our lives, and that's why the Word of God says that we are to listen to them, that we are to obey them. And this doesn't mean that our parents are there to control our lives. That's not what it means. But what this means is that we are always to value them for the position that God has given to them. We see King Solomon. If we look at King Solomon, we realize that King Solomon, King Solomon, he became a king. And yet the word of God says to him, do not forsake the teachings of your mother. You see, even when he was, when King Solomon became a king, he is still being reminded who his mother is in his life, that his mother still has this authority, this, this God-given authority, this God-given position in his life that he needs to honor. That's what we as children, we need to do is we need to honor them just for the position that God has given them in our own lives. In the Hmong language, in the Hmong, there's a saying that's, that the parents are like the heavens or the parents are like the sky, and so then that's, that's, that's an expression of realizing their authority or their position in our lives. Valuing that and always respecting that. In Leviticus, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 3, it says that each of you should respect his mother and father. It puts mother first there. Each of you should respect. And this word respect here has, the con, has, has, has an implication that it's talking about speaking well. It implies of speaking well of our parents. That we are never, it implies that we are never to oppose them harshly with words. That even if they are doing something that we totally disagree with, that we are not to oppose them harshly. 
And that is the very reason why the Apostle Paul, when he, was, uh, when he wrote the letter to Timothy, young Timothy, who was pastoring the church at that time, and he said to, to young Timothy, that Timothy, when it comes to older women, when you rebuke them, you were to rebuke them gently. And it comes down to that. And it comes down to how the, how, how the Bible perceives mothers, is that we are never to oppose them or to rebuke them with harsh words. That even when we disagree with them, even when the things that they do is not um, something that's good for us, but we, we are to rebuke them gently. You know, my father, you know, my mother don't live with me anymore, so I can't really use my mother as an example, but my father, he still lives with me. And so one day he decided to put weed killer all around my lawn, <laughs> all around my lawn. My whole lawn just turned yellow. My whole lawn just turned yellow, and I was really, really, you know, I was really, really, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> and, but, you know, I said, Dad, we talked about this before. We talked about this before. Don't do that, you know, but, but you know, as a son, you can only do so much, you know. You can only do so much. And you're always reminded by the Word of God that when you rebuke them or when you tell them that, you know, don't do this, that you, you aren't to do it. You're not to do it harshly, but you're always to do it gently. And it's difficult. It's difficult when I, I look at my lawn and all, the, the outside of my lawn is all yellow. It's very difficult. But it's something that the Word of God teaches us. And not only that, with this word respect, or some, some, um, some Bibles, they would, some versions, they, they interpret this to say fear. But what this implies is also it, does also, it also implies that when we address them, that we must not address them with any other name. But we must address them with the proper title, because that's a God-given title that God has given to them in our lives. And so this is how we are to um, respect them, is to speak well of our parents, or also to take care of them. In John chapter 19, verse 26, or verse, 20, uh, verse 27, we see that when Jesus was on the cross, and when he was dying, he looked around and he saw his mother standing there with John. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, it says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple he said, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. And so we see that our Lord Jesus Christ, even as he was suffering on the cross, the one person, the very one person that he thought about was his mother. He was thinking about how am I going to take care of my mother? I'm no longer going to be here. I am returning back to my heavenly father. What am I going to do for my mother? And as he stood, oh, as he was hanging, was, as he hung on that cross, he provided a son to take care of his mother. And that's what we need to do as, as Christians is that we need to take care of our parents into the to old age. I know many of our parents, they can take care of ourselves. One of the great things that I see here in our, the, our, our community is that a lot of times when the parents no longer can take care of our, themselves and they, get, they become so ill to the point where they can't take care of themselves, then we move them closer to the, to the children. And that's, that's, all, that's such a great blessing to see us doing that. And I also see in the Hmong community, uh, many, of them, many of them are still living with their parents, taking care of their parents. And, you know, for their parents, their parents, they their parents are very poor, and so many of the, the, the younger Hmongs who, you know, they, they finally found jobs that they can provide for their entire family now, and they just move their parents in with them. 
to take care of them. That's, these are things that we need to continue to do as we care for our parents as they go into their old age. Something that God has given to us. It's a responsibility that God has given to us. And so something that we must always honor our mothers with. We must always honor the women in our lives with. And so at this time, I would like to ask all of our women in the room to please stand. Please, everybody stand. All the women in the room to please stand. I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives. You are a tremendous, tremendous blessing uh, for us. And I pray that God will continue to bless you, continue to be with you. As you, um, as you continue to be with us as we raise our families together. So let us give all of our women a hand, please. Thank you so much. You may be seated at this time.